Simran Kaur is the co-host of the podcast Girls That Invest. This discussions of a general nature and does not constitute financial advice. Simran, good morning. Thanks for being with us. Good morning. I don't know whether you want to have this convo on Valentine's Day, but perhaps Valentine's Day is a good time to make a bit of time the next day or two for these chats. Money and relationships. What are the five big things to think about and talk about, Simran? You know, I think that having a conversation about money on Valentine's Day might seem a little bit concerning at first, but what better time than the day that you have your partner's undivided attention? Maybe it doesn't seem romantic, but there's a lot of beautiful ways that we can weave this in. And one of the first things to think about if you're deciding that you want to take things to the next level or you haven't really talked about money, but you don't really know what to say, the first thing that we find the most helpful to talk to with your partner is shared goals. So shared goals means trying to understand, you know, where do both of our values lie? Do one of us want to spend a lot of time traveling while we're young, or maybe we want to save up for retirement and travel when we're older? And it's really important to sit sit down and say, hey, look, what do you want to do with your money long term? And let's work through some of the principles then. The first one you're touching on, which is the need to communicate, to take chances to communicate, right? Absolutely. The second thing that you want to look into once you've had that discussion of where you stand, because you might have, you know, different shared goals, is looking into budgeting and planning. That's not the fun part, but when you start with goals, you're going to be able to get excited when you're going to say, hey, I want to travel with you in five years time, or maybe we could, you know, buy our home or, or buy an investment property. Suddenly the budgeting and the planning has a purpose and it's not for the sake of it. So questions that people often ask each other at this stage is, do we have a joint bank account? Should we create one? And in this bank account, Who's going to be in charge of tracking the income, the expenses and our savings? And how much are we going to put towards all the goals that we eat? People like to use budgeting tools for this and others just like to, you know, keep a a rough or vague idea. So the budgeting and the planning comes out of the shared goals. You make the point it's important to regularly revisit and revise goals to make sure you're on track or maybe open your mind to doing things a bit differently. Absolutely, because at the end of the day, what you want to do now, um, and, and oftentimes at the start, we, we have a lot of goals and we say things like, let's get the house and let's also renovate it and let's, you know, plan the trip. And if we're going to have children or if we have kids, are we going to start saving up for their, uh, you know, college funds, university, maybe even their wedding, grandkids? You, we often find ourselves starting off with a lot of goals. And as time goes on and we continue to, you know, have things happen and unexpected expenses turn up often the goals start to change. And so we often recommend with couples, maybe just stick to two or three really big ones. And then that way you can manage your expectations a little bit. 
which leads on to the third thing that we like to do when it comes to talking to our partners about money, and that is respecting each other's differences. Now, this isn't always um, easy, which always makes me laugh to say, but we are different people with different backgrounds. We've come from different families with different parents, and oftentimes we might find that Maybe we grew up being a little bit more tight with money or we were very happy to save and put it away for a rainy day, but our partner grew up with an abundance mindset and they're happy to spend and maybe even spend over their means. But it's about finding that balance and saying, hey, I respect that they have different preferences and values. I have different preferences and values, but how do we meet in the middle? How are some of the ways of doing that and it, it, you mentioned the values. Sometimes it's also money personalities. Some people are real savers. Some people are real spenders. You have to work as a team on where your joint savings are going to land. Absolutely. And it comes down to being comfortable enough to ask your partner, hey, these are my goals that I have for us. And if I, if you're worried that maybe their values or their spending isn't helping you both reach there, rather than, you know, turning up with a accusatory tone or making it seem like it's you versus them and they're spending all of your joint money, we find that couples work best when they sit down and ask each other, what was your relationship like with money growing up? Because if you can understand someone's childhood and where they're coming from and they say, look, you know, one of my parents worked so hard their whole lives and at 65, they thought they were going to start living it up and working with all this hard money, earned money that they had. And then at 65, they sadly passed away from a heart attack. That kind of person is naturally going to want to spend and enjoy throughout their life and so understanding where your partner is coming from from the way they grew up is a really good way to begin to have empathy from their position and then you can steer the direction into okay and how can we both achieve the goals that we're after sometimes it's that conversation again about having your own uh, spending accounts and up to a certain limit uh, you go for it and, and beyond that bigger purchases you might want to discuss it and where it sits with your savings goals let's talk about debt because a lot of younger people in particular uh, although not necessarily just younger people will be forming these relationships starting to build these goals um, with uh, you know possibly student loans later in life it might be that you've been through the divorce the separation and you've got half the house you used to have um, so <laughs> is it is it a good place to start early on to talk about debt and what you're going to do about it the thing with debt is it often feels like this you know skeleton in the closet that a lot of us have but there's so much shame associated with it and we find um, in our podcast listeners a lot of times there will be couples that will go through decades of not telling their partner, their husband or their wife, that they have tens of thousands, sometimes even hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt. And often these stories and the amount of debt that comes up only gets revealed when they separate or when divorce proceedings happen. It's not talked about often enough, but with prenups, not only do you get your partner's assets, but if there is debt, their debt gets halved with you as well at times. And so it's often a very negative surprise. And no one wants to turn up and realize that they've got to pay, you know, $30,000 that they weren't aware of. So the best thing that you can do is sit down and write on a piece of paper 
all the different debt that you can think of that you both have, put the interest rate onto them. So for example, let's say you have a car loan worth $20,000 and that's on a 12% interest rate. You might have your home loan, which you know, right now might be sitting around seven or maybe even four if you fixed um, a bit earlier. If you're a bit younger, you might also have student loan debt. And so when you've both put it down on paper, you're going to be able to come up with a plan, but it is so easy to keep your head in the sand and go, look, this is my personal problem. They don't need to know it. And what if they judge me if I open up to them about it? I think the other thing, Simran, is that this can become such a positive, constructive thing if you get it right, because it is one of those things, perhaps more than a lot of other things, that will really niggle in a relationship, that will be a drag on a relationship if you're in different places and there's resentment. And conversely, the power of shared goals can really drive not only your savings, but your relationship, right? You really are functioning as a team. Absolutely. Like you might be listening to this and going, you know what, Samarin, this does not sound like the type of Valentine's conversation that I want to have at dinner tonight. Respectfully, this is not something that we want to do. You know, the idea of budgeting, planning, talking about our spending habits and differences, addressing our debt and our goals. Why should we do that? And I often say to this, you know, the number one reason for separation, divorce and marriages is actually due to our finances. And you can see how it builds up over time. The small concerns, the small fears, the lack of aligning on goals can cause such a huge stress. Money impacts our education, our wellness, our access to health care. It puts a strain on how we interact with our friends and family. You know, can we go on that holiday? Can we attend that wedding And so if we can have these conversations right now, as you've said, in one way, it's fantastic because it brings us closer together. And on the other hand, it makes sure that we're actually future proofing ourselves so that when those hard times come, because they will inevitably come, we cannot predict the future. We're going to be so much more better off. Thank you. Thank you very, very much.